Guess who's back? Back again. Hot on my back. Tell a friend. Hum diddy, hum diddy, hum diddy, hum hum, hum hum hum. Did you miss us? We missed us. I miss myself all the time. Where have I gone? You woke up this morning and you got yourself a gun. Oh, baby. We are back. In we are back. Back indeed. Again, unfortunately, a little lengthier time than we wanted. We said that to you, I think, before the last episode. And it happened again, I think, even a lengthier uh, gap in between this episode and the last. Uh, but, you know, yeah. life gets busy sometimes. Hectic yeah, schedules. Yeah. COVID this, trip that, Sicking, yep. random surgery here, there, dog has got to get spayed here. Bada, dog sick. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Jesus. Yeah. And, uh, y- you know, I- interestingly enough, a little more goes into the podcasting than you might think before you do it, even though, you know, you know you're going to have to do some work, but then you like kind of think, yeah, finding the time, it'll be easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's not always that easy. Yeah. Fucking life. Fucking life. It's a jungle out there, yeah. <coughs> as Livia says. As she says. But we we're are... not f- talking Livia today. No, we're... Yeah, well, a little bit. Oh, yeah. She's going to come up. Yeah, she's I mean, going to pop up. But the uh, yeah topic of conversation for this podcast episode is going to be the skip. The man Happy himself. Tony. We... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. We, uh, I'm, I'm just one of those guys. I'm, I'm a frog in the throat guy. This is what it is. Can't get away from it. But um, we plan on kind of going in and out with these kind of character breakdown episodes. Uh, we're not going to do it, you know, have a long string of them, but we'll kind of pop in here and there with different characters, kind of probably the main ones. Uh, hopefully we'll get to all of the good ones, all that everybody wants. But how could we not start with the man at the top? Yeah. Uh, I think m- uh, most people, I don't want to speak for everybody but most people have if not an enormous amount of love he's their favorite yes yeah. he kind of is the show really yeah. in, in, i think in a when lot people, of ways when people say like oh who's your favorite character it's like besides tony, right besides him besides tony who's your favorite character because, because yeah, he he's your favorite character yeah. <laughs> everybody's favorite. The, the show is many things but he is the show really yeah. at, at the end of the day yeah so we figured if we're going to start with the man at the top we start with where the man starts sure that is uh as a little guy. Yes, as a little man going back to um Newark. Going back to right. New <clears throat> going back to Newark and we're f- fully aware that he has been heavily impacted by his upbringing with Johnny, you know, of course being around with the mafia, the mafia ties obviously that is easy to figure out how how that impacted him. And then as we find out more throughout the show, uh you know, Livia her, her some of the things that she dealt with mental health wise, personality wise, her uh, parenting styles and things like that <laughs> had a really big effect on them and uh we do luckily get a you know glimpses at you know what some of those things are right yeah we get a few of those flashbacks and we get to see things that really deeply affected tony and made him into the man that he is uh shown as in the sopranos and um yeah a few of those uh traumatic uh, a few of them uh pretty violent uh, you get uh, Livia threatening him with the fork in the eye. That one's uh, 
pretty uh you know that yeah one's, that one's the top one i'd yeah. say that one's uh it's gonna stay you know, it's gonna stay with stay, a kid sticks with a kid for sure when, when you're sticky in the eye <laughs> when your parent your mother was yeah. supposed to be your the, the ultimate the guardian and, and yeah. uh she's she's threatening to fork your eye out. yeah taking out the pork chop right in the eye but uh, also yeah, also threatened to smother the kids one time. Yeah, that was uh, another traumatic. Experience. So uh, he he's already used to uh, the threats on his life. Yeah. So if you, early on, right. So <laughs> if you wonder how he can get used to that, as he's in, yeah. if you sit there and you're, you're watching the show and you're saying, you know, if this, you know, in real life, how could somebody really live like this? You know, with you know so much pressure on their life. Well, you know, his life's been threatened since he was a yeah. little kid, so he learned to live with it. Yeah. And that smothering idea comes back around maybe with that pillow too. Right. Hey. That, that, uh, hey there. Green Grove. Yeah. But uh, we'll get we'll get there. But uh, little, little uh, Johnny Johnny Boy had a few violent moments. He beats up that uh, guy Rocco that Tony sees, and right. um, he also uh, chops old man Satriel's finger off. In a somewhat unrelated note, I do want to say because I've mentioned this a couple times on the Twitter, but not on the podcast. And I just like the fact that there are two characters. There's one actual character named Rocco, and then another character who is referred to. We don't actually see Rocco DeMeo Rocco and Rocco Alatori. Rocco Alatori is the man that Johnny Boy beats up in this episode, and then Rocco DeMeo is, of course, the man that uh, Richie beats up for the jacket. What's this? <laughs> it's the jacket. <laughs> But I just find it interesting <laughs> that if your name is Rocco in the Sopranos world, that means you get your ass beat. Yeah. Or is there um, is there another one? I can only think of those two. I wanted to say one of those, like the uh, the Rhode Island. I'm thinking maybe Lou DiMaggio. <laughs> I don't know. Perhaps. Maybe. I, I I could be bugging you. I mean, hey, it's, yeah. Well, there's at least time. two. Yeah, at least two we can think of. But. Right. <laughs> Anywho. Um. Yeah. But name. nevertheless, great, great mention. Nevertheless. The impact of Tony of seeing the violence yes. at such a young age. Yeah, yeah. Seeing uh, old man Satchel's finger cut off as well, um, and then uh, also um, having to lie to uh, Livia too as well for uh, to save Johnny Boy's ass when he's going out to see uh, Fran Felstein. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's, but but again, these are like like we said how you wonder how these you know habits become habits they start at a young age because you see them you see you you grow up around them you see your parents doing them in the in the last case of lying he's kind of forced into lying he's he's forced into choosing at least he's right. yeah basically has to choose a side which the side would be keep the peace and, and side with johnny in that moment and keep up the lie or side with livia which would be the anti-peace <laughs> in many ways and uh <laughs> We, yeah. we we see that he, he decides to hold up the lie. But so he's getting ingrained early on violence, right. you know, lying yeah. to your wife or mother, you know, li- lying to the, the patriarch, yeah. so to speak, you know, p- preserving, you know, what's what's ever there for the sake of the peace. Yeah, very true. And uh, yeah, another another thing, too, he tells uh, Tony never gamble, too. I thought that was that was an interesting scene. And also another thing for this, like, uh, kind of. Tony being traumatized as a child and um I think like uh Tony has like a fear of Johnny Boy. I mean for sure. I mean he sees him beating up a guy, chopping a guy's finger off. I mean but uh in that scene where he's telling him the the not gamble, he's like lowering the paper like mm-hmm. down from his face, say, like, Come here and he's like Tony's kinda like, you know, scared and Tony says, you know, he wasn't afraid to use the belt on him. Never you know, ever as- gamble. <laughs> never ever gamble. Never ever gamble. Right, never gamble, which Tony did 
not take that advice for shit. Cause no, yeah, that's one thing Tony, that, that didn't stick. Tony fucking gambles, I mean, you know. And it probably didn't and stick because he saw his, his father dabbling in it despite the advice. Exactly, so, right. you know, actions speak so, louder than words. Right, yeah, don't, don't do as I do, not not as, uh, what, how's it going, right? Uh, do as do I say, it. not as I do. Exactly, there you go. Um, and, uh... And I say, go so, fuck yourself, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so many uh, different uh, moments that uh, instilled onto Tony that made him into who he was, and um, another couple uh, mentions too with the, the varsity athlete line, big one, very popular, uh, a, a big fan favorite line, but it is one that Tony says from the pilot. It uh, was a tremendous blow to his self esteem, and. Uh, that yeah comes up, you know, a handful of times throughout the show. It pisses off Tony. It gets him fucking riled up. It's <clears throat> there's just something in the in the throat <laughs> today, and everybody's just gonna have to deal with it. I'm sorry. I, I would brought some some cough drops. I have water here, but we're we're, we're gonna figure this thing out at some point. Uh, nevertheless, it's kind of interesting though that he's so embarrassed. I mean. In front of his family, you know, it's not like he said it in front of his friends, in front of the girls at school, and the, you know, girl he was hitting on, you know, it was the girl cousins, girl cousins, yeah. And so they're all Same girls, cousins, but yeah. the cousins, yeah. I mean, so it, it, there's a little, a little insight into the level of insecurity yeah. that, yeah, and it, you know what? Because also it's family too, I guess. Maybe it's yeah, it's more. You would think because maybe seeing your how your girl family looks up to you, I guess, in Tony's mind. Yeah, because it's knows? it's not like an inherently embarrassing statement you know there are yeah. people who don't oh, take any shame in not being a varsity athlete more people than not don't yeah. take you know are, are fully fine not being a varsity athlete it's or it's not like you know there are things that are inherently embarrassing it's not like uh you know junior pulled down his pants and everybody <laughs> saw that tony had a small cannoli this is not <laughs> what happened i mean um, maybe that's the implication <laughs> because he's not a varsity athlete but nevertheless that's not actually that what happened been, yeah so it's just, just just hearing you mention that it just kind of sprung to mind there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, yeah, the varsity athlete. Um, another thing that's not really uh, it's because the varsity athlete that a bigger one, but uh, Tony mentioned it a couple of times that uh, Janice, as well as that's another one as well. I mean, you have uh, Olivia, Johnny Boy, kind of instilling some uh stuff onto Tony, and then uh. Janice as well, because she tape records him and Barb having a fight, and he holds that over him for a month. He mentions that a couple times. Do you know what it means and to record somebody in my family? Exacto mundo. Yes, he says that. And, uh, you know, yeah, another thing with the family, you know? So Family is very important. But, but, but the fact that he's so used to, at such a young age, just war and chaos and turbulence within his actual family, you know, that that goes a long way. We, we we talk about it a lot in kind of other episodes and mention it here and there on on Twitter when we have the kind of mil some milfy conversations about and I've said it earlier you know how we start from the beginning because that's where things get molded every you know young kids we're still clay we're not stone yet so that's yeah. when we have our it's when we're we're not, pliable not patience right. on the monument yeah exactly so uh, you you start to develop the habits that you're around or that you see from the environment that you're in and. He's uh, very used to family being at each other's throats in, you know, maybe a typical way, but this is a little bit more than typical. Yeah. Even even because there's no violence going on within the family. So the fact that they have mafia ties 
is almost kind of s- a separate aspect to it. Right. You exactly. Know? His, yeah. His family I mean, is just very it's aggressive with their with themselves. And yeah, I think the difference to when we see Tony, obviously the way he treats it with his kids, you know, and his family, um, obviously more secretive about it. But uh, yeah, his family, his mom and dad don't seem to maybe hide it as much. I guess you know. Not worried that Tony, you know, Tony sees it. And then, yeah, with seeing his finger get chopped off, he's talking to Tony. He's like, you know, you handled that well, Tony. You know, right. it's, it's like he kind of, all, it's like he, in that moment. There's a moment, coming of age. Right. It's like, you he know. He became and, a man today. Yeah, he's, you saw your first finger get it, chopped it was, off, kid. <laughs> <laughs> There's your communion. And then when you'd seen your first finger get chopped off. Yeah. And now you're Don't, a man. Do you remember when your first finger, oh, you seen your first finger get chopped off? <laughs> I chopped off the Mr. Softy man's finger, yeah. actually. That was, that was it, mine. His name was Timmy Two Fingers. <laughs> Want to know why they call him Two Fingers? Because he ain't got one no more. Yeah, yeah. yeah smart kid. <laughs> That's terrible. But, uh, yeah, he, um, in that moment, it's like he, I guess, realizes, you know, maybe this kid's got what it takes to be part of the, you know, part of this thing of ours, you know. And, and it's like, it, I guess, I don't know if he really has that. I mean, I don't think they really show Johnny Boy really showing, like, not, uh, okay. I don't know what that was. Yeah, uh, well, that's, <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it, some, something devastating <laughs> just happened. We'll figure it out later. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what that was. <laughs> Hopefully um, it wasn't a body part. Yeah, anywho. Try to get up out of this chair and just crumble. <laughs> um, right, so, uh. Johnny Boy and uh, got distracted here. <laughs> oh, I got it. Oh, there it is. I got it. Screw fell out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> Don't oh. fall over. Anyway. <laughs> Johnny Boy. Um, Tony coming of age with that, you know, with the with the seeing the finger. Right. Yeah. So um, it's kind of different from the way Tony treats like AJ, you know, he's, he's not, uh, really kind of, not that in any way, not that like Tony, uh, Johnny boy, like, you know, says, all right, Tony, this is it. You're in like, you know, from that, that point on, but it definitely gives that connotation rather than Tony. He's totally hiding it from AJ. It's like not, you know, that's mm-hmm. a no go. AJ is not getting involved. You know, right. it's not, not going to happen. And the errors there in definitely play, play a part in that it does especially with the parenting style i mean yeah we like we know tony wouldn't mind some uh some some occasional hitting of the children yeah yeah i think too it's you know i guess if they how can you discipline your kids what's what's he say something like that what's the world coming to if you can't give your kids you can't discipline your kids yeah Yeah. right yeah yeah Yeah, it's you know yeah definitely different times and those different times i mean you know the generational things that are handed down man Times make them, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, things that are handed down, though. I mean, you know, so many things handed down uh, through these uh, personality traits and um, also the, um, well, things like uh, the racism, too. I mean, you get a lot of that uh, from Johnny Boy Definitely. as well. I mean, that is handed down to Tony mm-hmm. and that does not really uh, get to uh, Meadow and AJ as much. I mean, Meadow is very, you know, as Carmela says, he co- she comes he comes from a time and from a place <laughs> where he thinks he has your best interests at heart. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Never, it, nevertheless, he's wrong. No, totally. So, but um, 
yeah, it's you know you pick up these to- you grow around that's grow yeah. up around these toxic toxic habits and things like just, that are just yeah, normal they're, to you. They're handed down, and that's what Tony, unfortunately, you know, he picked up a lot of that, and um, you know, a lot of uh, things that Johnny does, you know, that's eventually what Tony does. You know, it's like father, like son. You know, it's just uh, the way it is, and. Uh, no, but uh, no, mm-hmm. you're you're exactly correct. That like like we keep saying, just the driving force. This, in so many ways, the, Tony is what he is because that's what Olivia is, and that's what Johnny Boy was, and um, Olivia too, of course. Yeah. Right, her racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that and yeah, all of her, uh, not all of her, uh, some of her traits. Yeah, because she's a a bit more uh, drastic in certain aspects. And we'll get into a little bit more some of those traits. I guess I guess now is a pretty good segue. In terms of a big arc, for st- or a big part of Tony's arc, is uh, you know his therapy sessions, the impacts it's had on him, and you know Melfi's view of him, and a big debate, and we put a little tweet out on uh, on our page, and we got some people who wanted us to discuss this, which was, we were happy to see because uh, we definitely planned on it, and this is probably going to be a big part of the episode. Yeah. And, a big chunk. and that's, you know, is Tony a sociopath? And, uh, you know, Melfi's kind of conclusion there at the end of the show that, uh, you know, she, she he is a sociopath and that the therapy is not working for him. And uh, he's right. just using it to sharpen his criminal minds that right, right. from the, the, the criminal personality criminal study personality. that uh, is referenced in that dinner that she has with uh, Kupferberg right. and the, her Samuel other therapy Yorkelson friends. And Stanton same now. Right. There you go. And, um. We were talking about this a lot, and uh, we're certainly going to get into the therapy aspects a little bit separately. But first, we kind of want to tackle the sociopath thing, and we'll give our reasons. And I'll, I'll kind of say off top, me personally, watching the show the first time and watching the show on rewatches, Tony, to me, doesn't really come across as a sociopath. And maybe that's because there's... The sociopath is one of those things where it, there seems to be a difference connotatively and denotatively. The denotation of of sociopath, the literal definition, he uh, or an antisocial personality, which is the right. actual that medical is, term yeah, of it. Right, the psychological. You're right. Yeah, because they don't. Uh, sociopath is more for the criminal, whereas antisocial is more of like the in the psychological right like setting. Um, he to me doesn't really come across as that like i said by the definition of the book he has qualities that you could say he fits under that but the way so technically speaking i guess he is or an argument can be made at least that he yeah. is but the way that the world society kind of views what a sociopath is to me he doesn't fit into that at all and the reason for that is not because he's not terrible not because he's not a criminal not because he doesn't lie not because he's not a cheater not because he doesn't you know disregard people or any of those things that a sociopath might do or somebody who is an antisocial personality might do but the reason to me that he is not is because you have to take into account where he comes from and the world that he lives in and to and to me the idea that he is in the mafia and he is in this you know he's a soldier as they say and they 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 know what everybody in this thing knows what the stakes are and if you accept those stakes you abide by those rules and they're a different set of rules than what the reality is and 
if you want to tell me if a, if a psychologist or you know a, um, a therapist wants to tell me that only a certain type of mind could accept that and therefore he has to be you know a sociopath and antisocial social personality then i guess i wouldn't really have a retort and that would be that <laughs> but but to me because he is kind of operating in these different circumstances that they all accept it's a little bit it's a little bit different you can't say it's the same thing as a soldier in a war because that there there are actual laws there that that's a that's a right. concrete thing that is actually accepted that actually you know the mafia is not a thing that like has laws has any type of structure yeah, there, there's no acceptance own, in own society code. right Yo, right it's kind of an underground thing exactly omerta so you can't really compare it the same way at best you could do apples and oranges where it's somewhat similarly but there's definitely differences but even still it's kind of hard to, to compare at all, but he's still they, they accept these terms for what for what it is. And they live into these different circumstances. And for me, at, that is what makes him not a sociopath, because the way we see a sociopath, at least. So I'm going off of the connotation is kind of the everyday person among us who's living like an everyday person, but is actually the complete opposite. And that's that's not really what he is. He has to operate in the everyday world, but his world is not that if if that makes sense yeah well yeah so from what i've been looking up and disclaimer i mean i'm not i'm no medical psychologist expert by any means right, by ne- any, neither am i but neither, yes disclaimer for for anyone listening but uh i mean i don't know you know some people take medical advice from podcasts so i mean who knows i take, have been to therapy for quite some time but i'm so not I mean, a therapist you know myself take our advice for for heart who knows i don't know fuck it Go anyway. viral with it. Go viral with it. Go viral. Go viral. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I I think I, I mean I I do agree to an extent. I mean I do, I mean there's so like there's the criminal sociopath and then there's this you know an antisocial personality disorder. I mean I think there's somewhat of a distinction. I mean, you know, there's a different. I mean there's this spectrum. I guess you know of all disorders and mental health disorders that could be you could have a uh, very severe you know an acute uh disorder something very minor and um tony i think yeah he exhibits some of the anti social personality uh traits you know he does lie deceive he's pretty impulsive uh aggressive at times uh he doesn't uh you know uh d- he disregards uh um uh, laws you know i mean he goes against laws and stuff which i don't know if that's i mean you know certain laws like like you said because of the whole you know he's part of the mafia he's part of this thing they're engaged in doing criminal behavior so it's like yeah okay they're every single you know then every single one of them involved or automatically falls under they're not following laws so it's like boom right there i mean so i i get what you mean in that aspect you know but um and Obviously, they're all dealing, you know, most of them are dealing with aggressive behaviors if they're getting their money from somebody or something. So it's like, you know, automatically you have, uh, you know, manip- manipulation for profit. What do they do? Bust out. So it's like already you have like every single one of these guys falling under an antisocial personality. So it's like, so you tell me every single one of these mob guys are this. I mean, yeah, maybe to an extent if that's, I guess, what they want to categorize this uh disorder as but um yeah i i think tony falls you know 
maybe low to mid in the spectrum, not uh, not full on total full blown criminal sociopath. Um, maybe I mean, you know, some people may argue that maybe more by the end because of some things he does. Maybe you know, maybe it seems more drastic by the end because over time you add up everything and you know. Maybe that's how you see it. You don't if you don't see a progression in Tony's uh, therapy, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit. But because uh, we don't feel that, I think there's a we feel there's definitely definitely. A, definitely a progression. There's definitely maybe not full on changes, but um, there's definitely points. And um, I think therapy also goes both ways for sure. It's you know mm-hmm. I, I think there's there's also a stigma. It's like you know therapists maybe have like some kind of key they can unlock something i mean i think there's has to be kind of a give and take you know there has to be a um you know you have to take in what they're saying and you know do certain things you can't just you know it's not they talk to you and then things are magically it's not like no you have to put you have to put a witch healing yeah work has to be put in and i think tony doesn't see a lot of the therapy i think he just thinks he could sit down there for his hour or whatever walk out and then he's just gonna by by osmosis or something he's gonna you know absorb what melfi says and and i also think sometimes he just doesn't give credit to the therapy working when exa- it actually yeah, worked exactly. on top of yeah. what you're saying which yeah. is it's I, right and there i don't for think him, all the time not... yeah i i think at times you know maybe he's sitting there he's like, uh, you know right and, right, and right then right. gets out and then it's like all right now i get what she's saying right but, the you soccer know, coach is a perfect example. I mean, I think and one at, of the early ones. Def- yeah, I th- definitely. I think yeah. in that moment, he, he he never actually admits or speaks to. I don't. Th- he doesn't speak to her about you know that he she you know he listened to her. He, he made the right call or anything like that. But he clearly, even though he's in a drunken stupor, he's right. happy with himself. Yeah. I didn't kill nobody. Yeah, Carmella, and, and going back to like nobody. the uh, antisocial stuff, the sociopath stuff. I mean, um, he's not. You know, he's kind of showing some. Uh, restraint you know he's mm-hmm. showing some you know i i don't think somebody that really falls into that you know would really go that path that he does and he does do it you know so it's kind of it's definitely a change Slight could change, even make a case know? that a sociopath wouldn't have that kind of reaction at all to that type of story yeah to just the deranged per- yeah perception yeah, wouldn't wouldn't really care much for, yeah i mean his wouldn't daughter's on the team anything. so you know it's hitting close to home you know obviously i'm not making the case for anybody to not care about that but but i'm just saying someone could say if he's truly a sociopath you know maybe his reaction wouldn't be what it was which was the typical correct reaction and uh, you know at first he was shocked and he tried to like maybe think if could it be not that could it be something else like where you confused but uh, you know once once that uh stupidity kind of washes away he has the very natural correct reaction which is you know anger wanting to kill the guy and and like you said he shows the restraint and so on and so forth but definitely possible for if he had the mindset that like melfi accuses him of having that he might have a different type of reaction yeah because again it's close to home but it wasn't his daughter his daughter wasn't involved it was a friend right so (laughs) has sylvia put him (laughs) That guy put his dick in my <laughs> daughter's friend's <laughs> that soccer teammate. <laughs> like, the way the way the, way yeah. the, the yeah, chain yeah, yeah. of like yeah. the like I don't know the fuck he put it. My daughter I, should know I, this. I, I jumbled it as usual, but anywho, um, another thing since we're like dabbling into uh first season stuff as well. I mean, into the end of first season, also you get 
Melfi with the big reveal on Tony that, oh, you know, your mother kind of seems like she falls under this borderline personality disorder. Oh, let me get you the uh, DSM-4. I got it uh, I got it right here. Hold on one second. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, the definitions of the condition, you know, a pattern of unstable relationships, un- effective instability. It means intense anxiety, a joylessness, and people's internal phobias are the un- only things that exist to them. The real world, real people are peripheral. Peripheral. Hey, jeez. Like jumbling. Jumbling every quote here. But uh, these people have no love or compassion. Borderline personalities are very good at splitting behavior, creating bitterness and conflict between others in their circle. And that's when Tony flips the fucking table. You twisted fucking bitch. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> love that moment. <laughs> Just because uh, it represents... It's my buddy you're talking about. That's <laughs> a fuck up in Africa. <laughs> Stab in the shower. No, it's just, it's just, be- <laughs> just because it represents, like, if you've been to therapy, hopefully you've never done anything like that. Hopefully you've never done anything aggressive towards your therapist or really anybody else for that matter. But there are times where they're going to hit on something. They're hitting on a nerve that you didn't know existed and you're re- you're realizing while they're saying it that it exists and you want to just rip your hair out because first you're enraged that this is being spoken, and then you're starting to realize, oh, my God, she has a point. He has a point. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And you get to a point where you're like, nope, no way. I'm shutting this down, and it's just like full anger. And like I said, hopefully there's no outbursts with the therapist. I've never had an outburst with my therapist, but it does happen. So if there has been, again, hopefully at least it didn't get to the point of being violent and really crossing the line. But, uh, you know, therapy sessions can and usually are quite emotional. But, yeah, Yeah. a lot of times it'll happen after the fact, which would be the more healthy uh, situation. But it definitely represents a very true part of the the therapy process for the patient. Yeah. Tony doesn't want to admit it, obviously. And, you know. For that matter, if there's any therapists listening, probably for the therapists too, because I would imagine there are some therapists who are aware of some things in the patient, and they probably have some nerves maybe mentioning it because maybe the patient is that erratic or they have a history of violence or they just have a very physical, menacing, uh, you know, physique. So, uh, yeah, probably representative of both sides a little bit. Yeah. Um, but um, the borderline personality and Melfi's reading from the DSM. She mentioned the DSM four for people who don't know what that is. That's the uh, Diagnostic and S- Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. That's the fourth edition. That was the I think this is the most recent. It's the fifth or sixth by now. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, she goes through all those different traits and nails it for uh for Livia. I mean, you know, that's uh, you know, con- creating conflict between others in their circle. I mean, that's yeah, very, you know, ultimate Livia right there. Um but, you know, you get uh, you get some of that in Tony. I I think you get a little bit of that in Tony as well throughout the uh seasons. You get a little bit of a, uh, you know, Tony can't uh, like with uh, especially with Janice, you know. Tony can't stand to see like Janice happy, you know. I see that in a couple mm-hmm. couple moments there, um, which is another one we'll get to as well because uh, early on season two when Janice flows in from uh, the West Coast, she uh, she's calling uh, Olivia narcissist. That's another another uh, mental disorder as well, 
which if you go through narcissist uh, kind of things, narcissism is like a very uh, deep, like self-important, self-involvement with yourself. And uh, I think uh, Janice, like in going through some of those traits, I think Janice kind of hits the mark for that. Yeah. And in calling Livia that, I mean, you know, yeah, Livia's maybe a little bit of uh, yeah narcissistic uh, borderline personality, I guess, you know. And uh, um, to go back to the splitting, another example, it's kind of not splitting between people, but he kind of splits in the way he handles Chrissy with the, with his uh, sobriety. You know, sometimes he, he's supportive of it. Sometimes he makes fun of it. You know, Chrissy even says, you know, he goes back and forth, you know. He, he makes it very difficult for Christopher. Sometimes he feels he's doing the right thing by staying sober. Sometimes he feels like he's, you know, sacrificing his career, and that's all kind of because of the way Tony's handling it. So yeah. he's, you know, splitting the way he's uh, approaching it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, that... So, so that's kind of really where we, you know, both of us stand on the whole sociopath and, and borderline personality thing and mental health. You know, I, like we said, we, we both don't know enough to say for sure on anything. Um, I think a definitely a great case can be made for the fact that, like, kind of you, what you're saying, he's kind of more on the, the lower end or maybe the mid-scale, you know, definitely not the, the full-fledged sociopathic, maybe yeah. a little bit towards the end if you want to make that case. Another key thing, because, you know, a lot of people, they compare sociopath and psychopath, too, is another thing. And psychopaths, like, no empathy at all. And I think sociopaths just lack empathy, but uh, can still have some, I mean... <laughs> And the thing is, he has, you know, he, he doesn't have enough in comparison to the amount of people that he destroys and that he kills. And, you know, Davey uh, Scatino, like, you know, ruining that life and what he does to Artie on top of the people that he, you know, actually kills. But he does have a lot of sympathy. I mean, he has it for his oh, yeah, he, he has it for his children. He has it for Christopher. He has yeah. it for pets. You know, he um he, he definitely has it for his mother. He has it for Uncle June. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shows moments of, you know, emotional depth many different times throughout the show just you know they're more subtle in certain ways or you know kind of more rare in comparison to the other acts that we see but it's it's not even as if there's only this one thing like Mm -hmm. you know like uh going back to the the criminal personality thing that they refer to the criminal mind might have you know an affinity i forget how they word it but an affinity for animals and that might be their soft spot which kind of triggers to melfi oh that you know here's another thing and of course yes he does have those things but it's it, he has it for his children you know he again he has it for his, his mom he has it for uncle june and you could say oh that's just his family well you know what that's kind of where most <laughs> people draw the line yeah. you, know, you know we have a, a lot of people have a general empathy for humans but yeah. not everybody does mm-hmm. not everybody does and not everybody who doesn't is a sociopath some people are just assholes <laughs> and tony's an asshole like, there's no <laughs> doubt about that <laughs> but he grew I mean look at again look at how he grew up so he had he had right, very that, little he had very 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 little uh chance opportunity to you know be a Nobel prize winner yeah. or or do do something you know great philanthropic work with his life like that that's sell, just sell patio furniture maybe it just wasn't in the <laughs> cards you, you know it just wasn't in the cards so it's very it's just important you know when you when you view him in that light but that's still now kind of, that's a separate con- conversation from the overarching story of his therapy and his relationship with Melfi right and that's a huge part of the show for the people who are listening to this who don't watch the Melfi scenes 
<laughs> because you're missing a lot. You're in a lot of ways. You're missing the show. You're you're missing a lot of plots of the show or of, of specific episodes are kind of highlighted, brought to light, previewed. You know, c- kind of foreshadowed with right. the sessions. I mean, the sessions they do a lot of things to kind of tie everything together. Uh, at times you see Tony blowing it off, not caring, getting agitated. But at other times you see where, you know, this is where everything comes together. Um, so that that's for me, number, number one, just not even getting into what actually happens, but just having to speak for the people who don't like it. <laughs> I can't tell you that you should like it. If it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's totally fine. But if you think that it's just nonsense, that's just w- wasting time in the show. I do have to say you are unfortunately missing a lot. Yeah, missing the plot. You cannot like it, but if you think nothing's there, factually, that is incorrect. For sure. So as it relates to, I'd say, the impacts on him, I guess we could kind of start there because his uh, Melfi's view of Tony kind of takes shape at the end by the fact that she doesn't really believe that therapy is helping him the way it should. And I think, like we said, at times, Tony doesn't think that. But you and I, like we, like we mentioned, we feel kind of differently. Yeah. Um, for what it's worth, on the Talking Sopranos podcast that David Chase did, and I think we mentioned this once while referring to David Chase, you do always have to take what he says with a little bit of grain of salt because he likes to pull the okey-doke sometimes, throw <laughs> out some disinformation. Sometimes it seems like his memory actually has gotten the best of him and he's kind of lost some details here and there. So you never know. Mm-hmm. But he... On that uh, final episode he did with them, said that he didn't agree with Melfi's assessment and that Tony definitely did improve from the therapy. Right. So, again, to me, you're going back to this whole, um, what I, I like to refer to, because there's many different phrases, poems, you know, s- anecdotal s- stories and sayings that you can kind of tell this story. But I like Tupac's uh, Rose That Grew from the Concrete Poem. You got to judge somebody from not just where they're at, but where they came from and what they, you know, what they overcame and kind of what they were dealing with at the beginning and where they got to so first number one he enters therapy with very bad panic attacks and they don't completely stop but at time they're they're dormant for long periods of time uh they become more manageable when they do happen so from the aspect of the the number one reason of why he entered the therapy it did work from that standpoint right Another another main point about his character is the panic attacks. That's what brings him into Melfi's office to to begin with. And another thing that we learn later on has been with him for a long time since right. he was younger. Right. The panic attacks. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, and then he finds out his father had him as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. family family thing. And like we said, with the disorders and all the traits and whatnot, it's all a lot of stuff is passed down. You know, so. Um, yeah, with the uh, panic attacks, with the uh, ducks as well. You know, that's uh, another thing we mentioned in the other episode. But uh, ducks uh, brought on these, uh, also brought on the uh, panic attacks as well, the ducks leaving. And that was also symbolic of his family. And passion for animals and stuff as well. R- right. That's what I was uh, segueing to. R- <laughs> well, with the, uh, because that's uh, it's another thing that's... Uh, uh, he goes over with Melfi as well. Uh, mm-hmm. He comes sessions. up with Pi my right. Of course, yeah. you know, uh, he's quite emotional over that. I, I think it's, um, you know, 
uh, animals represent innocence in a lot of ways. I think that that is something that's hidden on for him because he had his innocence stripped of him. Like we're talking about from his youth, he didn't really have a chance at innocence at a very young age. He, uh, w- you know, when uh, he, he sees his father getting arrested, wh- yeah. I, I'm not sure if he mentions his age. I forget if he mentions his age, but that's a very young por- uh, portrayed character. Right. Uh, so he lost his innocence maybe younger than a lot of other people and that could be a big reason as to why he has this you know affinity for for animals maybe he feels like they're helpless the way he was helpless as a mm-hmm. kid in certain aspects because we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later on but you know he has with coach Malinaro with the dream that he had and the, the way it's referenced as a reoccurring dream he definitely has some type of hold still on the leading sport leading men onto the field of sport and uh being being a leader in that regard getting into sport being a coach and um yeah you 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 definitely don't really get that type of vibe from a guy like paulie or from a guy like silvio or, or uh you know bobby or, or something like that you know that they, they don't necessarily of course we don't see them much the same way as characters but yeah we don't get as deep of a uh, yeah th- never, into uh, no as, doubt as deep yeah but i i definitely think that that's part of it so i think that goes more i think i think it's deeper than just the sociopaths having his soft spot it's just animals i i think there's a there's a deeper reason for it yeah a- and to me uh at least that that's kind of what it is yeah the tippy too when he was a kid as well mm-hmm. was another um but uh, yeah, that's um, you know, sorry. Yeah, no, but j- just to g- go back to the the you know the therapy as, ma- a, yeah, exactly. a, as a whole and, and the impact. Back to that yeah, as well. yeah. J- just the impact that it had on him. I mean, he's he being emotional in that setting, you know, is something that he's not able to do in really any other setting. He probably could do it with Carmelo. She probably wants him to do it, but you know, for his uh, kind of old school uh ways of thinking about how to be a husband and the way things go that's that's kind of not going to fly for him right and um yeah i i just see like we met we mentioned with the coach he he takes her advice in uh you know not going to the police not you know not killing him and the breakthroughs that he eventually does make with livia in in therapy with with melfi he eventually comes to terms with you know what you're right uh, he doesn't want to admit it, but he 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 does admit it. Um, he he she's kind of, you know, I won't say wary of Junior at times, but you you know, th- there's some of that that goes on there too. He he gets into the relationship with Junior and with Christopher. Uh, you know, you, you see he, he's he's dealing with he he's not just trying to pick up lies that he can or good you know manipulative lines that he can turn and use into a line to further his con and further his criminal activity i think sometimes you see that sometimes you see he tries to use a line and he butches it he butchers it <laughs> it let's look at the, look at that butchers butchering. it but- yeah. <laughs> butchering butch uh butchy. but but yeah this butchy <laughs> I, I i just think it doesn't culminate again in, in tony turning into a choir boy and him deciding you know what you're right i do i need to turn myself in I need to just take my time. I, I need to repent. I need to come out a clean. That's that's just not going to happen. So if you say it doesn't work because that didn't happen, unfortunately, he was I, I just don't think he was going to get to that. Um, But I, I see a steady progress. Yeah. No, I, I mean, if you weigh it from maybe like, not steady, 
it goes up and down, but I see progress. That's the thing. Yeah, it's if because if you're weighing it by like the terrible criminal things that Tony does and certain situations in his life and how he handles them because of the therapy and because of what Melfi tells him, you know, it's kind of, you know, kind of ways to more like, you know, I think some of the info they got from Melfi really did help him, you know, in certain ways, you know, maybe less than he would have liked to, because I don't think he applied a lot of that as he should have, you know, I, I think he, you know, he was, saying, you know, this therapy's bullshit, bullshit, we're not getting anywhere, what the fuck is this, I'm here for this many years, that many years, you know, and nothing's going on, it's just, yeah, it's... I, but it's interesting, though, because he, he says he's going to stay in therapy because AJ commits, uh, tried to commit suicide, right? Right. So right. why would he be staying, why would he be going back, so he says, he doesn't go back, but he says he was planning on being done, so, you know, kind of goes right. back. Why would he do that if he's if he thinks that he's not getting anything from it? If he right. feels that he's gotten absolutely nothing from it, then why why would he do it? Right. So and, and he and he says now I'm stuck here forever. He right. Says. Not, right. Not just like I'm I'm coming back. Now I'm here forever. So he so, needs it. He feels so he need, like, he needs it. Yeah. So it's yeah. And I'll say this, and I bet you, or I don't I won't bet you. I'll <laughs> say I've heard that other people feel the same way, and I felt this too. I've started seeing my therapist in 2012. It's now 2022, so 10 years. I don't see her every week for the past 10 years. There are times where I go a long time without seeing her because, I f- because well, when I was young and first started, I thought, oh, I got it. I'm done. I beat it. Bing, see you later. And then, you know, I had to come back with my tail between my legs. <laughs> and now I've realized there is no beating it, but there is managing it, and there are points in your life where it's not as necessary as other points, maybe because you're uh you know there's less stresses going on or you're just uh, more on top of it sometimes you something happens and you fall out of a, a routine and you got to go back and blah 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 but yeah i um i like i said if he didn't see any purpose in it he wouldn't be going back in that moment yeah but yeah no i i think he he finds some sort of solace in in going to therapy and um he he talking helps he even says it yeah Talking <laughs> helps. But yeah. Talking helps, you know. Well, as far as the therapy, I'll say kind of the way we can kind of put a cap on it. And we were talking about it to start this off with Melfi's view of him and his view or her view rather that again that he didn't benefit from it and was just using it to sharpen his criminal mindset. Like we said, we don't see it. We see the progress. I really don't, I, and I find it interesting and, and disappointing in a lot of ways. We put out a post a couple of weeks ago asking if there's one thing that, you know, reviewers could change about the show, what would be that one thing? And I would, I don't know if this was the most populated one, but we saw a lot of people who say they were not happy about the way that story ended. I think for multiple reasons. One, it felt a little rushed. I mean, they spent all this time together and then just yeah, from this one, dropped them. Yeah, yeah, just from this one, uh, this one study that she read, she just drops him like that. Then on top of it, it's and in a very and, bad and, moment. And stealing the uh, recipe. Can't yeah. Forget right, that. yeah. And uh, um, on top of it, it's in a very bad moment for Tony. And even if it like because of what's going on with AJ and even if it wasn't a very bad moment in Tony's life, it's just an unprofessional way for a very good therapist to handle themselves. And even though Tony at times was a bad patient, she portrayed uh uh jennifer brocco 
Jennifer Bracco. Jennifer Bracco. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jennifer Melfi. Hello was a very well portrayed therapist. So it just didn't feel like the way a therapist would ha- uh, of her, you know, kind of magnitude in real life would would handle it. And uh yeah, for, so kind of it was rushed, it felt, it, and then it just felt inauthentic. It does. I mean, my personal opinion, I still, I, I kind of like half side with Melfi in her doing what she did. And a lot of people and, do. Yeah, and dropping Tony and kind of taking power maybe over that situation and putting her foot down and, you know, saying she's not going to, you know, no longer service this guy who's, uh, you know, doing these terrible things and maybe benefiting off of what she's doing for him, you know, so... Um, like I said, I would have to say a lot of people definitely feel that same way, and I certainly understand why he wasn't a great patient in a lot of different aspects of the show and throughout therapy and blows her off in a lot of different ways and doesn't take it seriously, doesn't want to put in the work a lot of times, which is a key aspect to the therapy. Uh, kind of what we were talking about a little bit this off off air. One of the reasons maybe Tony sometimes think it doesn't work as much as it could actually be working is he thinks maybe you know Tony's just supposed uh, Dr. Melfi's just supposed to say something or do something. Does something supposed to click in and it's supposed to be there? It is. That's how it all works, and uh, it doesn't doesn't go that way. You have to put in the work. Yeah, yeah, you have to put in the work. You have to then you have to take what the therapist says. You have to think about it. You have to work with it. You have to have to apply it, and that's not always easy. And that's not how Tony does things. That's not what he wants to do. So for that reason, I sometimes think that he doesn't think it works as much. And then I think Dr. Melfi gets frustrated because he's not putting into it his end of the bargain, kind of what you're saying. It's kind yeah, of I think I think that's one thing that she does say at the uh, in that final conversation with him is that she that he doesn't respect um, right the, her work and what she's done, and he doesn't respect it at a lot of a lot of points throughout the show. You know, he says you know you know there's a fucking jerk off what are we doing here you know Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think that disrespect for the over time you know definitely rubbed melfi the wrong way you know and then kind of finding that information that maybe you know this is not uh working well for him maybe it's kind of making him better criminal so right yeah Definitely, so yeah. I, it's understandable in the sense of you can get you can understand to wh- how she got to that you know mindset. I just it, as a therapy uh, as a patient of therapy um, in, in her too. character who her character his you know in looking at who Tony's character right right, know, right 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 in, right in doing a character analysis right I st- I still don't in, agree with how she handled it yeah. but I can understand and agree with the thought process that you came to. I did slightly lie when I say that this would put a cap on the Melfi thing because although it mostly does, there's still one big part of Tony and his therapy or something rather that is mentioned in his therapy. And that is the aspect of the sad clown. And there's kind of two different ways that we can look at this. Mr. Dan had a great one that I'm going to let him unfold all on his own in a minute. But kind of... uh, Yeah, yeah, kind of the more surface... Uh, you know, face uh, face value one on the surface level would be you know what the actual what what we all view as the sad clown, you know somebody acting a certain way, putting up a front, and you know maybe it could be comedic, but doesn't always have to be. It could just be you know kind of, kind of in this t- in Tony sense being the leader, and yeah. in reality you're really holding back everything that you're feeling, all your emotions, all your sad feelings, and 
all all the tears and everything like that. As he says in the pilot episode, laughing on the outside, crying on the inside. Exactly. And uh, for what it's worth, we did mention it, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe we did mention it. Um, uh, I'll, 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 we'll, we'll mention it later, actually. <laughs> we'll, we'll mention it later. It'll, it'll it, 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 some, it somewhat comes up in a dream, uh, a song. Uh, Tears of a Clown are playing in the the Calling Our Cars episode. Oh, we'll but, get to that. Yeah, but yeah, we we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that more in depth a little bit later. But yeah, you know, it's interesting because Melfi kind of mentions he because he brings it up again later in season four, and she kind of says, yeah. you know, I've seen you, you know, describe yourself as and this it, way. It's, it's when uh, it's it's when he's crying about Pi oh my right, too. right, right, right. Again, with the animals being emotional, and um. And he's being, and he's pretty in, what you call, he brings up the sad clown thing. And she said, you usually bring, bring out in rage, not humor, you know? Right. Which is very true of Tony. It's Yeah. And lends sort of that antisocial personality type, uh, you know, bit. Right. On top of the fact that for the, you know, whatever exactly he's dealing with, whether it's this or some other different mental health you know issues or whatever the case is um it can definitely lend itself to kind of a disillusionment or an illusion so to speak and even if you don't i think this is an interesting thing to kind of mention a lot of people feel that certain ways about themselves that if you say out loud the people around you be like you're what you think what what i, I that i don't know you if that's what you think you are like that mm-hmm. no sir and Maybe it's the truth. Maybe the the person who's speaking out is really knows themselves better, and, ma- and maybe they don't. Some sometimes you kind of get lost in your own sauce, and you think of yourself as something, or maybe you start off as something, and then you kind of lose it, and you lost track of the fact that you did lose it. And um, I kind of think that is more of Tony's plight with the whole sad clown thing. I think the hate, the 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 weight of being the leader, you know, heavy lies the head and yeah. wears the crown type I of think, thing. Yeah. I, it's his, it's his perception of b- having to be that guy, having to be that leader and having to put on that front, that face right. and everything. And, and maybe at times mask, he does, you know, and maybe at times he does maybe, you know, for his kids earlier on when he's like really trying to hide it. Um, yeah. At, for his kids, for sure. Yeah. At, which we'll get into. Yeah. At the, t- You know, with kids, his own sure. gambling problems later on, he tries to save face, but that's kind of right. like you got. Yeah. He says that, to you know, you got to you got to act like you take a hit. Right. But, you know, really, you know, it's not, you know, definitely moments where I guess it does apply. And um, even with the you get into season five, too, which uh, not to jump ahead, because I did want to. Yeah. But anyway, we could jump ahead to that. But uh yeah, like season five, uh, with the the feach and like mm-hmm. you know realize, and he's talking to Carmela too, and with you know realizing like you know, uh, you know these guys aren't your friends. They're just you know they have to laugh at your fucking jokes and you know you know say you're not going bald and shit like that and you know. And I will say one thing I'd like to em- mention. I wish I remember who tweeted this at me or who mentioned it first. I don't recall. It was not my mention. If anybody who is listening is the one who pointed it out, by all means, let us know. After when he ki- when in season four, when Tony kills Ralphie after the pile, my thing, and he has, you know, he's sitting there. Kind of it, it kind of feels a little bit more prominent when he's sitting there eating the peanut butter because he has that like kind of depressed look. <laughs> but because his eyes are so red, because he looks kind of depressed, 
he has a little bit of a sad clown look oh. to him. I was like, wow, that's that's a great one. That's so whoever whoever mm. please, if if I am I'm taking no wow. claim. That is not on like, yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I think somebody mentioned it in one of the replies. Very I, good. Uh, but I could have maybe seen it on Reddit or maybe I just saw it on the timeline. I'm I, I'm not sure. So again, anybody who either did it or knows who did it, by all means give That's me, a fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> We'd we'd love to give the credit because it was definitely a great little. If it's not done on purpose, <laughs> I'm serendipity. You know but I think I, that, that could be now. Done on purpose. Now, given a few other things that I think we both kind of keyed on uh, into season four, and with these sad clown mentions, I'm thinking so. I yeah, really because think so, I actually. think yeah. it's a perfect a segue good, for you to get into. Because okay, so that's yeah. Ralphie. That's for that's uh, whoever did this for uh, season four, episode nine. And then, so you have uh, next episode, uh, Strong Silent Type. Um, you have, uh, that's when Tony's talking to Melfi about uh, Pai oh Mai and uh, crying about it, being emotional. Then he's saying you have to be the sad clown. Melfi's saying you haven't grieved like this for people. And uh, again, in 411, in uh, Calling All Cars, Into the Dream, you hear the song Tears of a Clown. Yes, at the, the very radio, beginning. It's just which, for a few seconds. You hear right. like the very beginning of the song. So tears of a clown. Tears, tears of Tony, maybe. But um, yeah. So you get um, Tony. Then right from the dream, it cuts to him in Melfi's office, and he's talking. Uh, she mentions we were talking about the sad clown last week, and he goes, "I had a dream last night." He just kind of dives right into this dream he had, and they're kind of going back and forth about the dream. He goes into something else, uh, starts going, um, she wants to go back onto the dream. He's like, fuck that. And then he's saying, goes into, the, you know, the therapy and the, you know, what what have they accomplished, you know, four years and he's been a good sport, you know, where's this going, you know? And, um, but again, with that sad clown mention at the beginning of their conversation there, uh, all these sad clown mentions, clown, 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 and, uh, who is the sad clown really? Cause we've mentioned, you know, there's the idea of the sad clown and there's the original sad clown, Pagliacci, the opera, which was written by uh, Ruggiero Leon Cavallo born in Naples. Oh, oh, Nabili Don. What about that? Born a fucking fellow Nabili Don, Nabili Dabli. And, uh, Wrote this opera, Pagliacci. This is about a troupe of uh, a theater, traveling theater troupe. And they do and perform uh, plays and whatnot. And um, the it's led by a man, his wife, and a few other guys. And the husband is a very jealous man. And he comes to find out that his wife is going to have an affair on him. And in their, in their performance, where he is dressed as a sad clown, he ends up murdering his wife and finds that the, uh, that, uh, you know, his, uh, uh, what's the word for it? His, uh, the wife? The, uh, the one she's cheating on. The Having the affair with? Yeah. The affair, the affair guy. <laughs> What's the name for it? Um, <laughs> the na- there's got to be a name for it. 
have just having an uh, I don't uh, know. I'm just I'm just not uh, the the male version of a mistress. I'm not sure. Yeah. A mister. A mister. I don't know if that really works. There probably is a, a male version God, of a mistress. I'm just blanking right now. Christ. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Um Nevertheless. Pagliacci. Anyway. Right. Kills the wife. The uh guy runs on stage who is cheating on with his wife. That makes sense. Sleeping right? with his wife, yeah. Sleeping with his wife. Jesus Christ. There oh you my go. god, why am I like che- yeah. Anywho. Uh, kills him too. His name is Silvio, by the way. Hello. <laughs> Fun, funny, a uh, little tie in there, but not related though. But this whole story is happening. I mean, uh, not happening. This whole story. Well, yeah, it does happen. Maybe in the Sopranos, somewhat because. Uh, what are we having having happening at the same time in season four? Oh, End my of own. season four, I recall. A little something going on with uh, Furio and Carmela. Hello. Maybe not something that they were fantasizing about. Hello, Governor. They were dancing, blah, blah, blah stuff. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so definitely very interesting. Yeah, that was, that was like a terrible like bomb drop on there. I yeah. Mean, uh, no, but something I may have right if we want to found kind of if you know put a nice stumbled, little, stumbled upon put a know. nice little clean bow on it all so so yeah so some whipped in, cream some cherry on top in this play M&Ms. you have the sad clown who's seeking revenge on the man who's sleeping with his wife while tony is w- describing himself as a sad clown which we find interesting because he mentions it in season one and they bring it back in season four and they kind of particular point and that this particular point and melfi kind of w- wants and to Memphis focus on it she brings it up multiple times, times. Tears so, of a clown. Right. And maybe uh, these tears when he kills Ralph. Right. Also season four, like we said, uh just just at the beginning of the on uh all very foul you know, and this is yeah kind of in a linear sequence nine, there. 10, 11, 12 is when Furio's like pushing him into the helicopter thing and you know, he's gone next uh yeah, finale he's gone. So, you know. Definitely was, an interesting take. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I he, thought that uh, the blew me uh, you know the fact he's fact he's from Naples too. The guy who wrote it. I thought that was another you know little nice little touch, a little uh, something from the homeland. You know, yes. like David Chase maybe or wh- whoever writer, whichever writer threw that in. And uh, excellent work, I suppose. And or if it, and if it wasn't like intentional, then like I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Mono. That's just great work. <laughs> That's just. And it's it's a pretty good way to kind of leap into our next kind of topic, which we wanted to talk about, you know, Tony as a father, you know, with the Nobly Don background. Yes. Not specifically as a Napoleon, but <laughs> just as a father. Like Napoleon. <laughs> He's <laughs> like Napoleon. But, uh, right, so... As a father. A Napoleon. Ima- imagine Tony as Napoleon. Imagine that. that. It kind of doesn't, physically speaking... Uh, I don't know. He's got he's got too much moxie for his size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it all doesn't it all doesn't add up. I think I think Richie would have made a Napoleon for sure as a nobly don or whatever. So Tony as a father, definitely not the exact same depiction that we kind of see from Johnny Boy. We as we mentioned a little bit earlier on, we clearly don't get anywhere near as much information or you know. Uh, uh, even in the movie, we actually don't even get a ton. You know of that, that, and I, I didn't really want to bring in too much many saints because of the divided, oh uh, yeah, very divisive kind of division amongst the yeah how this people felt about it. The ranks there, but I am going to mention this because I thought it would have brought on a lot more, you know, 
maybe a little more like for it. It wouldn't. I don't think it would have drastically changed people's opinions, but there were some deleted scenes. I don't know if you'd seen. I think you saw them all, right? Yes, 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 yes. There was um one with Livia having a nightmare, and Johnny wakes her up like Livia, like shakes her awake. She's having a dream that she's losing teeth. So again, you have that that callback to you know Soprano stuff, Soprano's lore. Tony in the test dream losing teeth, and um. He wakes her up. Then next thing you know, it uh, Tony and um, uh, he he has Tony out in the hallway for a second. He kind of Tony says something, you know, like uh, in the room that pisses Johnny Boy off, and he says, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna go down to to I don't know where he says he's gonna go down to Florida, and then you can deal with her like while I'm away or something. Like you know, it's yeah, mm-hmm. you like it. basically like saying like you know, like." <laughs> basically like you know you you deal with your mother like you know like you you like you like it so much you deal with it like you know kind of like mm-hmm. yeah excellent fathering right there but uh i mean it's it's really something they don't really show this aggressive really negative side to johnny boy and they do it in this deleted scene and they do it in another deleted scene where johnny boy is getting a free jukebox from dicky and Johnny Boy's just being like a total dick to <laughs> Tony. Mm-hmm. Like he's like telling Tony, he's like, "Yeah, let's check out the jukebox." He's like, "No, you stay right here." Like, and it, I, it, there was another like, uh, he makes fun of him too. He's walking, he's like, "Yeah, cut out that uh, he man shit or something." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, far out, man. Like he's saying, like, "Yeah, cut that bullshit out." You know, he's just, he's just being like a dick to and Tony. Mm-hmm. And then Tony says to Dick, "You like." I could just fucking kill him. And he's just like, oh, and then Dickie gets pissed off. He's like, don't say that because Dickie, ob- Dickie right, just right. killed his father. So obviously strikes a nerve with him. But, uh, you know, Tony's just like, I'm just fucking joking. You know, <laughs> it's just, just some people say, you know. But I was like, they were two great deleted scenes. And they really showed Johnny Boy in this light that it's like, I was dying for them to kind of show. Because it's like something that Tony somewhat describe like Tony describes Johnny as being yeah with the belt and mm-hmm. you know he wasn't you know I I he doesn't exactly same with Livia I mean you know it doesn't exactly explain a lot of happy go lucky moments right. with either you know not much of a happy wanderer but uh, no but I, uh, he he does I will say he definitely tries at least at moments at times not always but he does he does try to have a more uh a happier family, uh, you know. He, he tries to, you know. He reminds them enjoy enjoy these moments. These oh little yeah, moments. yeah. No, t- yeah. Totally. You know, uh, he yeah. he ha- he tries to keep his relationship with AJ as AJ's, you know, in season two as AJ's kind of growing out of it. He's trying to hold on for as best as he can. Yeah. Um. You know, unfortunately, he he has a lot of very toxic traits that bleed into his to his parenting. Right. Um. Yeah. You know. He. But the. the the college episode with Meadow, right? You know, that's, yeah, start on from from there. I I, I think that that's a that's a, an episode that really captivated people. We talked about this in our first episode, kind of where people really got you know hooked in. There's a lot. Everybody has a lot of different points, but right. one you hear a lot about is college because it's such a great job of the, the juxtaposition of a father and then a mafia boss. Wasn't really a boss. Whatever he's a mafia gangster and. Um, yeah, but you you see he's very fatherly it's definitely yeah he, he, like i said that juxtaposition is done very well and even though meadow at that point i mean meadow is revealing it to aj who's totally in the dark of mm-hmm. all the mafia stuff and meadow is totally keen on it but even at that point tony's still pulling the wool over her eyes right. like, you know <laughs> you don't know what's going on like no no 
I don't know that guy. He's just just fucking around. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you know, it's just. And again, like I said, it, it goes back and forth because, I, like we talked about earlier, with uh, the stuff with Noah and his racism and the way right. it kind of impacts. Too, yeah. Uh, yeah. Meadows obviously disgusted by it. It then impacts the relationship. Right. Uh, you know, see, so his, some of his toxic habits most def- most definitely bleed into him as a father yeah uh you know there are no grandparents he's definitely he's not a candidate for uh for father of the year <laughs> giving meadow uh the car that he stole that yeah. she knows exactly where it's gonna she, he yeah. knows she's gonna know and she knows and the whole thing you know uh, at times of course we see you know this is my this i'm supposed to get a vasectomy and this is <laughs> my male <laughs> and uh yeah, it yeah. goes back and forth you know sometimes he loves aj or, you know sometimes sometimes he shows a lot of you know adoration for aj and sometimes he's ashamed of aj uh yeah. a lot of that is the male toxic you know depiction yeah, yeah. and he gives him he gives aj a smack you know he roughs him up some mm-hmm. you know he gives him gives him a little tough love sometimes mm-hmm. you know he definitely uh in that johnny s type way johnny boy s type way yeah mm-hmm. um but um I think it's, it's definitely. I, I mean, also because obviously he's gonna treat a daughter. Obviously, he's gonna not treat Meadow in that same way. You know, uh, although he does in other ways. You know, he's pretty verbally aggressive towards Meadow at certain oh, yeah. points. You know, like you know, you you don't like this. You can sleep on the fucking street. Oh, I give a fuck. You know, he says some pretty like hard stuff at times. But mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, with AJ, he definitely uh, exhibits a lot of that Johnny Boy esqueness. Um, he, I think he loses AJ and a lot of the guidance, and maybe whereas Meadow, I don't know if she was just me, you know, just kind of just had that maybe a little more wits and yeah, about her and more just innate. yeah, just kind of you know was able to you know had that maybe little charm that Tony has you know in her own way. Oh yeah, you know? well she she you know the way she kind of connives with when she gets caught with uh, throwing the party at Livia's house and she kind of works them into. Oh, not only not even having a punishment until yeah. she voluntarily cleans the house, but she almost like seems like she might even get a good deal out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <right>. So, <laughs> so she she has, and not that tone, not that AJ rather is in a little punk at times, and he's a little, he does his little mischief and yeah, but it does it and in he a different is, way. He's younger too. He's yeah. a few years younger than. He's, he's definitely so. more stunan. He, he doesn't. <laughs> you know, what gutters? Oh my god! So gutters? I, yeah, I I also think there's a little bit. There's a little bit of jealousy, I think, that Tony wouldn't probably admit, and I think a lot of fathers won't necessarily admit. You know, generation to generation, the idea is the next generation to come isn't supposed to deal with some of the things that you dealt with. But I think people then actually have a problem once that that time comes. Not everybody, but some people. They they you know, or maybe they don't even expect it. They don't think it's going to be that way. Like we said, Tony, you know, what's the world coming to? You can't discipline your kids. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't. He he doesn't want this life for for AJ, but it's because he knows AJ's not cut out for it. I think maybe he's probably deep down a little jealous because, like we talk about, he does have his uh, you know, his his little deep dark secrets with coach Molinaro of the dream and like i said we'll, we'll get into that coming up a little a little bit here but yeah i i think not only is is a is meadow for a parent probably a little bit easier to be proud in she's a better student she doesn't again she doesn't get into the same type of trouble she doesn't get expelled <laughs> from schools uh you know she's, she's pre-med mm-hmm. pre-law she's pre this pre that uh you know so i and I uh, again she just has that little bit of that cold, that cold streak more innate in her. Yeah. I also think another interesting thing to note is that like sibling wise, I mean, 
Janice is Tony's older sister, right? So Tony's, I mean, he is the second child. They say there's, you know, sometimes there's that um, that difference. You know, with the second child, there's like a different... Uh, like a learning like curve a for the parents. Learning curve, the, the, the different treatment sometimes, you mm-hmm. know. It's like, um, and maybe, I think Tony maybe sort of felt that. Well, Janice doesn't feel that way. I think Janice feels uh, the opposite, that Tony was kind of the one that was held up and she was kind of shunned, which... Who knows if that's the truth? I think Tony doesn't see it that way. I think maybe Tony sees it as Janice was given the opportunity and he was left to deal with, you know, with Olivia and Johnny Boy and have to deal with the shit. And she got to go live on the West Coast and live her life. And I don't know if AJ feels that way, but AJ is, you know, he is the second child. And Meadow has definitely has some more opportunities maybe than AJ, but also given AJ and his who he is and you know like we said yeah a little, a little bit of a stunad so you know limited opportunities blockbuster pizza, right. pizza shop right <laughs> so he, he's no father of the year but he he certainly could be worse from what what he does in his his work life what he grew up with for his parents you know especially Livia uh, he, he definitely makes some generational improvements where he doesn't maybe make as many generational improvements would be him as a husband. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that, a little that's bit closer uh, to the Johnny Boy fo- era. <laughs> very much follows in yeah. line with that. The Gumads. I mean, he um, I, I, he gra- I definitely say he grants Carmella more respect than what was given to a lot of women in Johnny Boy's era. Uh, he definitely doesn't grant her the respect that she deserves. Not nearly enough, uh, especially with the finances. That definitely is is a big one. Right. Kind of trying to um, limit her as much as possible for some reasons, understandably, with you know not giving her information, not making her accessory, mm-hmm. and you know all this, that, and the third. Well, it's, it's interesting too. You get uh, Uncle Both June, ability. <laughs> Uncle June, um, saying to Tony that uh, Johnny Boy left Livia with a fucking uh, you know Virginia uh, package that could choke an elephant. Is right, something like that. Virginia. Oh, yeah. she's got a Virginia hand. Yeah, crying, right. Crying yeah, the blues, yeah, she got no right. But that's the thing. Yeah, she got the Virginia. Right, she, right, right. She's two, apparently two got a big package. Up, yeah. She's got money somewhere, <laughs> apparently. Which, who knows if that's true or not, because uh, obviously Janice is looking right, She's convinced. It. She's convinced. I think I think Livia knows. Ju- yeah, Junior's no. convinced. Um, Liv- Livia pulled one there, in my opinion. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, it's either maybe, went somewhere else or just not in that house it was maybe not in that Olivia, house. Olivia took a, her own trip down to Boca herself uh, yeah I maybe mean, who knows it's <laughs> in the Cayman Islands Swiss, Cayman. Swiss bank account Bahamas. yeah um the but cap- nevertheless to, to Captain Teebs. yeah maybe she invested <laughs> she invested into the the hotel business <laughs> but nevertheless back to him Tony as a husband again like we said definitely much closer to Johnny Boy's era with the respect but specifically like you said with with the with the gumas yeah um cuz that's pretty much i mean it's a big thing it's i mean yeah that's big. I mean, it's, they op- that's part of the marriage you know you right know, exactly being faithful right <laughs> and and they operate Carmelo and Tony operate with this this is like the working agreement and right. that's not Listen, everybody does. Which it. is, you know, which is, you know, we went over. This is their code. This is what they do. It's, right. it's an accepted thing. But for them, at least. It was a little bit more su- accepted societally also, just generally speaking, with not within the mafia in Johnny Boy's era. 
not yeah uh, yeah i mean men were basically given a pass to do what they wanted because women had very little power because men structured it that way right so that's not the era that carmella is really living in but you know they do reference it they're kind of still holding on to it with the they're very religious i don't believe in divorce you know we're catholic Mm -hmm. um you know that that whole thing so he's definitely that's definitely the i'd say the biggest area where he's holding on to the old school yeah um because in this time period the late 90s into the 2000s cheating has become a thing that like very few people accept open marriages maybe Mm -hmm. blah 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 but that's not really what this is this is just like like an agreement of gumas which is one person has an open marriage and the other person yeah, doesn't. It's a one-sided yeah, thing. It's a yeah. one-sided, yeah. It's a, it's a one-way street marriage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Open open on one way. But yeah. Um, there's also... Um, Throwing money at Carmella, yeah. thinking that's just going to... Money and jewelry. Money and, and fine. jewelry, yeah. Take her thing. on a night out. Yeah. Because unfor- unfortunately, in Johnny Boy's era, that is kind of what it was. Right. Yeah. Be- because again, they had they have women had w- men structured that women had such little power, bank account, you know, lack of bank accounts, lack of finances, and lack of ability to get divorces. Back and with that structure, back what we were saying with the sad clown, and we mentioned with the dream, because in the calling all cars dream, he's saying that Carmelo's driving the car, and oh, back in my father's day, he wouldn't have had that for shit, and he gets it like yeah, he gets a little angry about it, because he's you know, he has that inner, he has that, you know. Handed down to him that you know, got, you know, even though he doesn't, you know, what does he give a shit if Carmelo's driving? But or <laughs> he jokes to Melfi and says, you know, I think woman should be in a cart being dragged behind the car, like in cartoons or something, like you know, and then she's <laughs> like, it's a fucking joke, like, yeah. come on, it's a joke. Uh, I was here, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell nobody, yeah. Just, you know, uh, him as a husband is, I'd say again, not only where he's holding on to the old school the most, but I I would have to say it's his biggest downfall. Yeah. In terms of his interpersonal relationships, at least. Maybe not as far as his own self-destruction, a sabotage, which you could say this does fall into self-sabotage, but you get what I mean. As as far as he interacts with with other people and um, murder aside <laughs> you know, when he doesn't kill people aside. but put, yeah put that on the side burner it's definitely one of the more toxic traits that he has because it's yeah. just so manipulative I mean, and controlling yeah. and yeah being unfaithful to his wife yeah a big like thing in you do make a good point like you said and this is the world that they live in but the the world at that time is not accepting at all of that like i said at johnny boys era the, the world outside the mafia was maybe a little bit more accepting of right. that uh, and it will, you know, and there comes a point where obviously Carmela is fed up with it and is like, you know, I've had I've had to deal right. with this shit for years, and you know, she she's kind of done with it, but and th- she's still kind of tra- trapped in that for that reason. I mean, in season w- once they do get together, you, it doesn't feel so cold, but they're coming back together is definitely is it's not very loving. She yeah. kind of realizes she has no opportunities to win this. Uh, to to win any kind of case and even get a lawyer for that matter, right. she can't even get a lawyer to 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 get to take the case. Right, and uh, she kind of knows after after she's been dealing with what life was life without Tony and needing Tony's money and having to be on this this tight budget. I think she kind of you know makes a decision that even this deeper, way is worse off. Right, and then even deeper to life 
completely without Tony is into season six, obviously, with him getting shot. And that really draws Carmela back because she realized, oh, my God, you know, if he dies, he's dead. You mm-hmm. know? And regardless of all he's done, they have a history. Right. And they still do have some sort of love and passion for each other, you know, and deep those, in there somewhere. And those moments will kind of remind you that, yeah. that, that that does exist. Right. So. Yeah. So that's Tony Regardless as a f- as much of a piece of a shit, piece of sh- piece of a sh- <laughs> piece piece of a shit, <laughs> a, a piece of a shit, huh? Piece of a shit, to Tony. <laughs> that's a piece of a shit. The game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, so that's Tone as a husband, and uh, there. How about a leader of a crew? Yeah, how about that? A different how type of family. A di- different di- type yeah, of family. Di- different patriarch of a sense. Different kind of father, godfather. You know. I'd say it's, again, one of those things, almost similarly to his therapy, that goes up and down. At times, he's a he's a very good leader. At times, he's not. At times, he, he really, you know, they bend more. We bend more rules in the Catholic Church. <laughs> and he, he definitely bends some rules. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you could see at different times, uh, you know, the crew isn't happy. The crew isn't necessarily happy with kind of the, the leash Christopher gets with him. Right. Which is another you know, point of em- uh, point of emphasis that we didn't really drive home with the sociopath thing, but I, you know, I did mention his empathy towards Christopher. But the amount of chances that he gives Christopher yeah, is well beyond <laughs> what you would accept for somebody in that position and what Christopher does. And uh, I guess, in his, I guess, in his position, yeah, yeah maybe, I, maybe so. But yeah, yeah, for a normal person, no, yeah, yeah, for, for a normal, yeah, yeah. But for a normal person, but for the world, yeah, the, 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 when for the, the world that Tony is, operates in, I mean. Yeah, uh, they mention it a couple times that if he wasn't Tony's nephew, that he would be gone a long time ago. Yeah. So you know that's definitely one. The way he handles the veto situation. Listen, it's, it's that's a old school, new school. Yeah, it's a very right because butting of the heads get, there. Exactly, you get Phil. And yeah. How he feels about it, obviously, and the, and you get a lot of Tony's own crew not fe- not vibing with it either. Mm-hmm. Paulie's fucking pissed off about it, and they, they look at him sideways you know, over the Ralphie situation. They all kind of know. They yeah. everybody kind of knows right, what happened. Right. They, they, they say, c- you know, this can happen to him over a horse. What could happen to us? You right. Know? Yeah. No, it's definitely over the situations. It definitely gets a little uh, quirky with you know. And you know, hitting he's, I, he's steering the ship as best as he can, right? That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> what you do. You steer the ship as best as you can, according that's to Junior. That's you know, hit, hitting Ralphie. That was another one where Silvio kind of has to say, "Listen, Tone, he's got a legitimate beef here. All things considered, he's got a legitimate beef here." So you know, there are definitely moments where he he's not that figure. His re- his relationship with Christopher is very turbulent. Obviously, like oh, like yeah. we mentioned, at yeah. times you know Christopher is gonna follow that man into hell. Other times he feels differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Even speak, I'm speaking on empathy too, because um, uh, with Feach with the Feach situation, and he cries about that a little bit. He starts to tear up. Mm-hmm. And it's a, don't get yourself so beat up, D. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's. It's hard to really categorize him as a leader, and it's a it's a part something that we'll mention kind of maybe towards the end. Capping this, something that you know Carmela mentions with the lack of true friends, and they're all his flunkies, and you know they're, right. they're his boss, and they're kind of f- afraid right. of him. So how how adds, yeah. right? right. How, how much is that true when he you know when he does the right thing? Are they actually agreeing that it's the right thing, or are they just keeping their mouths shut? Right. Uh, you know, I definitely think he makes things right with a lot of people but towards the end of the show 
I think they're doing this on purpose to kind of set up as much mystery as possible as to who could be killing him. He's yeah, he's yeah. he's making a lot of mistakes. He's angry on a lot of people. Uh, you know, Paulie's certainly not happy with him for a lot of different things. Back to how he handles the situation with Paulie versus Ralphie, with the with the no show jobs and and the joke. Oh yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, the joke was a big one. Yeah, the Tony B situation too. Not Tony a big B situation, and uh, that was puss. With the satin, of fucking satins, chasing fucking satin, whatever. <laughs> satin, <laughs> yeah. The way he says satin, satin, like satin dolls. Yeah. Who? Hey, who? Um, but yeah, um, the way he handles the Tony B situation, they were like when they were kind of like uh, talking to him, and Tony comes back after doing it, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, "Yeah, Johnny Sack called, and you see he's still like in the safe, like." dealing with some money and a gun right there it's kind of very ominous like yeah yeah, there's there's like uh you know what they could just whack him right there they're they're like all about to like you know just turn on him right there then and there over that situation right because it was getting like that exactly that was end of season five it was like they're not trying to have their lives risked because of tony b and right they're not looking to get whacked by new york you know just because you know over tony and his cousin yeah and you know i i you just he, you feel like he is a strong leader in a lot of ways. He, he clearly is not a fantastic leader. Like as we're mentioning, we're, we're really focusing on the negative things. You know, um, he he handles New York well at times. You know, he handles them kind of better with Johnny and with Carmine. You know, some of those negotiations. He has negotiations. A, good, a good idea of how to handle them. And then other people, Christopher Botts, right, little Carmine, right, Botch, right. Another time, <laughs> he's yeah. he's got uh, wrenches thrown in the you know in the end. <laughs> and you know, and truth be told, he leaves himself susceptible in a couple of different instances. I mean, Richie is at that point where, hey, if, if Janice didn't pull the trigger, who knows? Maybe maybe oh, Richie yeah. gets to Tony I first. Think. I think uh, with Furio, been, like we were just mentioning, I mean, right. Furio's one one lunge forward, and that's yeah. that's the end of it. And he gave, not that Tony had any under uh, any belief that this was going on, but Furio was ready. Mm-hmm. He was he was fully ready, and he was giving Furio even more reason. He was you know cheating in front of Furio while Furio was loving this woman and mm-hmm. can't have her, and yeah. yeah. So he was definitely sloppy at times. There's no doubt, mm-hmm. and um. Definitely that. sloppy moments. I know. Uh, back to going back to Richie too. And uh, when Richie walks, uh, he comes into the card game. Uh, wanted to slap up Davy Scadino, and uh, you know, uh, Tony said, "Now you know he has to tax him. Now he's like, how's it gonna look if I don't do something?" A lot of moments where Tony has that. You know, if I don't do, if I don't do this, how's it gonna look? You know, mm-hmm. I got to do something. You know. Yeah, that, that's the that's kind of yeah. what the veto thing ultimately comes down to. Even though New York gets to him first but right. t- tony's kind of getting ready to to make that decision yeah definitely a lot of this being being the boss and having to do what you got to do but doesn't um, he even give silvio the the okay he tells silvio to handle it outside of the bing says a veto veto didn't want this he could have stayed wherever the fuck and he said he did didn't yeah. he <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right so so yeah him as a leader is definitely questionable. I it's kind of different than him as a husband because I, I feel like him as a husband he really kind of just fails m- more so than anything else. And him as a leader, I feel like it's here there a little bit of this. He's def he's definitely sloppy though. There's just there's no way around it. Um, people don't complain about the money in the same way. He doesn't seem to be selfish as w- you know in that regard. The way Junior kind of was, oh, the yeah. way that he doesn't even pass kinda, the salt. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so. 
it's interesting but how many leaders don't really have that kind of situation where they're you know underlings constituents kind of looking at them and saying to themselves we could just yeah. just do something here <laughs> so right yeah. I, I think him as a leader is kind of hard to really put in once you know really clean box to gauge yeah is he a good leader i think yeah i think uncle june's line may put it best you know you steer the ship as best you can you know i think uh you know that's basically what tony does i think you mm-hmm. know i think a lot of his personal he gets he you know it's a lot of personal interest and uh you know his you know like with tony b in certain situations big puss obviously you know he he doesn't want to have to do something, you know, or let it go the right certain way that it has to go. He wants to take care of it himself because, you know, that's just who he is. Mm-hmm. And who he is, according to Coach Molinaro, <laughs> it's a big fake. He's elite. Oh, no. He's a big, <laughs> big phony. Yeah, it's a big phony. And uh, I we, we talked about this. We're going to kind of combine this a little bit with the Kevin Finnerty dreams. Um, we we talked about both in our last episode, but more generally speaking, in terms of what the dreams were, as opposed to uh, kind of how they relate to Tony a, a, as as a character, and uh, the Coach Molinaro one is definitely a really interesting one. One of my favorites. Definitely sure. one that a lot of people point to that they wanted to see more of in in the movie, or that they wish they could have seen a little bit more of throughout the show, or if you know if another series, limited series, were to pop up, something with that. You know, uh, just generally, even we were getting some jokes, but I think it's kind of a joke with a little bit of seriousness of people saying, you know, talk about Tony's uh, high school varsity uh, athlete and stuff <laughs> like that. But yeah. th- in that in the dream that Tony has when he sees Coach Molinaro, I think he, it gives a real insight into, um, you know, the little the little kid inside Tony. The little kid inside. <laughs> and, uh, you know, really w- what in an ideal world, what he could have gone for what he would have been because the fact that coach Molinaro sees him in this way you know that that's nice hey listen i'm gonna tell you a story <laughs> sit down i'll tell you a story i there was a there was a gym teacher in high school uh i won't I'm, i won't say her name but it was a her so you know exactly who i'm talking oh, about I think I know yeah you know exactly <laughs> you know exactly who i'm talking about and um I I had her in ninth grade. I come back after tenth grade, uh, or come back into tenth grade, and after summer, she asked me if I'm playing any sports, any high school sports. But uh, she says to me, "What what team sports are you playing for the school?" And I told her none. She said, "I'm a waste of life." What? I don't have dreams about this. Jeez. Wondering was she right? I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it was way aggressive, but I I don't care. Way out of pocket. Way out of pocket. Oof. Definitely on brand for this teacher. <laughs> Definitely on brand for this gym teacher, but way out of pocket nevertheless. Aye, aye, aye. It was a backhanded compliment, <laughs> which is exactly what Coach Molinaro was kind of giving Tony. But my point yeah. is, even though this is a show and this and I'm talking about real life, I don't dream about it like, wow, was she right? Did I miss could I have made it to the pros? Was, <laughs> did I did I did I miss out on my opportunity? That's that's not how that's not how I feel at all. I would have played maybe at the absolute best, like Division Three high school or Division Three like soccer, maybe, okay. M- maybe at the absolute best. So <laughs> Tony could really see this as like his life. He could have been yeah. a coach. He could have, you know, led men onto the field of sport. Right. Could have been a varsity athlete, maybe. And uh, the whole, <laughs> nah. 
the the way the dream ends with him dropping the gun, dropping the bullets that fall mm. out and turn to mush. Right, he's trying to pick him up. He can't pick him up. They turn into mush. He can't. He can't kill Coach Molinari. He can't kill the dream. You'll never get rid of me. Right. You'll never get you'll rid. Never of me. shut me up. Yeah, never, never. Excuse me. Yeah, you'll never <laughs> shut me up. Um, now, yeah, one I, thing I wonder because I mean, oh sorry. No, no, no. I just it, to it's it's very subtle in the sense that we don't really get much more insight in, into it before or after. But I think they were really telling you this is. This is what Tony, you know, this is what Kid Tony would have wanted in the perfect right. world of Tony, where he wasn't thrusted into this life of mafia and crime and all this. This is the 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 uh, straight straight life, I right? In the unicorn and rainbows world where everything <laughs> not, worked not out, the, not the beetle life. I mean, yeah. no, no, no uh, what are they called? Uh, well, straight cause, and narrow. Because well, yeah, because I guess because that's like when Tony B's, you know, he's going he's going straight. You know, yeah. it's like they're going, uh, you know, going the clean path, mm-hmm. not Breaking Bad. Um, and also, Coach Molinaro, he mentioned in the dream that um, Artie Bucco, another one, uh, he was the worst of the bunch. And he was uh, one of Tony's best friends, or who Tony considers his best friend, because uh, the way Carmela sees it, it doesn't seem like Tony has many friends. They're just there, like uh, we had mentioned before, you know, just uh, laugh at jokes and, uh, you know, tell him he's not going bald and whatnot. But, um, Question is, does Tony really have true friends? Is you know, uh, yeah, I. It's kind of interesting because, I think you know, at first, we know him as the mob boss, but he didn't live his entire life as the mob boss. So you know, growing up, well, Davy Scatino was also kind of a friend. I think that eventually though got ruined. No, yeah, so I would have to say that definitely did they, that definitely did get ruined. No, no you, longer. I you know, in his type of world. You can't really have friends. I mean, can you? I like. I guess you can. Like, there's no rule against having friends, but it would have to be a very distant type of friend who like knows nothing. You know, basically the way you would treat a stranger, except maybe you can be a l- have a little more fun with them. Maybe you have them over for a barbecue, but like you still got to keep up the waste management stuff yeah. and and everything. So you you don't really let down that wall. I- I think if Tony kept more time with Hesh, maybe he could have considered him more of a friend because of the way he somewhat used Hesh as like his secondary therapist. It's like, you know, when he couldn't get to Melfi, it's like, Hesh, I need to talk to you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, late at night, he's calling up Hesh, you know, why, why am I punching, you know, holes in the walls and ripping phones out, whatever the fuck. Um, you know, I think that's one person. Obviously, Artie is the other one mentioned. That's uh, another uh, big one. But also, like with Davy Scatino, that relationship is also pretty uh, left in shambles by the end of the show. Yeah. Same with Hesh, too. It's also, you know, their relationship also left in shambles over Mm -hmm. the money. You know, money and friends don't really mix. You know, it's not money and family. That's another thing, too. You know, just money fucks up everything, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Money and nothing mixes, really. Oh, that's for sure. Def- and definitely not family, but but money in general. That'll, that'll really yeah. just clear them out or bring them in and you hope that and you wish that they clear out. <laughs> but yeah, I she has a point. I, I, I You can't really point to anybody except Artie. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think some of it you kind of have to take with a little bit of a grain of salt because, again, I don't really think he lives a life that is really conducive to having friends. And if yeah, anybody around definitely. the neighborhood knows him, which most do, why people who are not involved in that life want to mm-hmm. get involved. And, yeah, his crew, which are his friends, that's his work also. And that right. he is his boss. And that's going to be, you know, f- 
maybe not to the ex- full extent because of everybody like but let's just say for example you work somewhere you work in an office you work a typical nine to five you have a group of friends and inside your group of friends is your boss right you're even when you're outside of work you're gonna remember that and you're not gonna i'm not gonna say you're gonna walk around scared you're walking around kissing their ass but you're gonna remember that they're your boss and that may impact just slightly ever so slightly maybe something you do maybe you don't go you may, maybe you only go to an eight or a nine on your wild scale. Maybe you don't go the full <laughs> 10 while your boss is around or yeah. maybe you scale back some of the things you might say that, you know, you, th- you know, you're just joking, but you don't want your boss to think you're not joking. Of course. Uh, d- all, all these different types of things. So I think that certainly applies to Tony, but it's uh, elevated because Tony lives in a world where he can just kill somebody and he <laughs> doesn't mind because that's the world that he lives in. So yeah, you have to live in more fear of that. Yeah. And uh, he's also, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, any type of lawsuit from, you know, this person's getting paid more. And I found out about that person getting paid more. <laughs> and it happens. I mean, Paulie's complaining about things, but like, oh, he they could are, they're all earnest. Right. So but he could just like a, he could just mm-hmm. decide he can cut you off from from your earning and he doesn't have to worry about there's any type of, you know, he's not liable for anything. You know, he could just take away a business from you. He could take away your shy. You could take away your this, your that. You take away your <laughs> no-show jobs. He could take away. He could take everything away. He's he's the boss. So uh, right after bird feed. Yeah. <laughs> so she definitely has a point, but it's not quite the same way. It's just you know, if you or me had no friends. It's not, yeah. It's no, it's it's definitely um in his position. Yeah. As yeah, definitely makes a good point. Yeah. Um. You know, nobody else. Uh, yeah, nobody else other than Artie, really. I mean, you know, Silvio. I think would be the one. I think would be another one. I think that would be the, probably the last one. And Silvio, you know, he, ta- he takes a few, and right. then you know, in the hospital, that's like that last. You know, Tony's just like I think that's like Tony realizing it's like this is this is my last guy I got. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> and and even still, it's v- it's very much attached to the the business. I I think. Silvio doesn't necessarily I think you're totally right Silvio doesn't really operate in that same I think he has less of a fear than everybody else I think that's the whole point and being consigliere it's right. not like he has such a duty to Tony as some of the other guys maybe as capos as soldiers right as this or that associates and whatnot um Silvio's more it's like Tony's it's supposed to be Tony's, a confidant right it's like Tony's going to Silvio rather than Silvio going to Tony right obviously not that you know I'm sure Silvio's giving the money and you know doing doing mm-hmm. his share, fair share. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely one up there because Paulie, while seeming like a friend and loyal to Tony, it's definitely also his position. I feel like Tony not being who he was, would Paulie be friendly? Yeah, but maybe even more so friendly if Tony wasn't in that position. Actually, right to to say so, but. Tony, who he is now, it's it makes t- uh, Paulie more of a a worker as you know as being that employee than an actual friend to mm-hmm. Tony. And uh, uh, so, Carm kind of got him. Carm got him on that one. Yeah, doesn't thinks. really have any friends. <laughs> he doesn't really. And have any I family. think that you know that scene where he kind of plays back in his mind, uh, you know, everybody laughing. Yeah. Or in real time, when it actually happens. He see is it's when he's thinking it. He plays back, seeing Feech looking at him, not laughing, yeah, buttering the uh the role, I guess it was, but yeah, when when he's kind of you know, 
Peru's in the room, he's canvassing the room, he's seeing everybody laugh hysterically mm-hmm. at a joke that wasn't that funny. I think he's boring seven forty seven. Yeah, he he he's <laughs> saying to himself, Oh shit, she's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's a, it's right in that time, yeah, because yeah. I think that's early season five, she says that mm-hmm. and then that happens, he realizes fuck. Yeah. She's right. She is fucking right. But uh another funny thing, a little juxtaposition there, because then Christy experiences the same exact thing. Same exact moment, that slow mo, mm-hmm. looking at Tony and that fucking devilish looking grin with a cigar, and then he goes to JT and he says, uh, "I've been totally fucking ostracized. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my friends have totally abandoned me." Right, right. No, no exactly. It's, it's the same, same, it's same that, feeling. Yeah. Right. It's that same. You know, Tony, I think, feels abandoned and doesn't really have any friends at that moment. Like Chrissy, right. you know, and and again because because he hasn't he didn't know these guys when he w- he knew them before he was the mob boss. So at a point in his life, he probably felt more like these are just my friends. Yeah, but exactly, uh, it's yeah, when they exactly because that's the thing. This a line he throws around. You know, we go far back. Right, it's always with all these guys. Oh, so yeah. we go way back. Yeah, we yeah, go yeah. way back. You know, to the fucking to Moses since Moses wore short pants. You know, yeah, they're always, throw, always throwing that line around. Because that's the thing, you know, the longer you know a person, you know, it, it means a lot. You right. Know? But, um, so that is most of what we got here, but we figured we would kind of cap this off with, we threw out a post, uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite candidly, only a couple hours <laughs> before, before recording this. And since we were waiting on recording for quite some time, we probably could have had a, a better attempt at it. Even though I did kind of try when I uh, threw out describe Tony in three words or less, uh, I got plenty. We got plenty of replies, and we appreciate that. Many people took a very joking approach, which I gotta say, I appreciate. It's, yes. It didn't necessarily hit on the point I was going for, but I still loved Grant it anyway. So, but we did ask what uh, some of you would be interested in hearing in this episode, and uh, some of it we were planning out of it already. A couple of uh, replies, some, yeah. yeah, a couple of replies <laughs> that we weren't planning on. One from ninety uh, one's own, I believe, uh, it's a Shib X one forty nine. I'm not sure if I'm mis- mispronouncing that incorrectly, or if I'm uh, pronouncing that incorrectly. Rather, I apologize to you if I do, sir. But we will go by ninety one's own, and he says, uh, you know, when when Tony's high on peyote, and he says, uh, I get, he get it. There you go. What What do you think he meant? Uh, this is something we've gone back and forth about a lot. There's a ton of theories about it. Yeah. Um, I think there's a kind of double meaning going on. Um, a lot of people I think I've seen at least think it has to do with Chrissy and him being Christopher's the bad luck. And he finally got rid of Christopher. And now the bad luck is gone because, uh, when he went into the casino after, while he's on that Las Vegas trip, he finally broke his, you know, his losing streak and he kept winning. You get that line with the... The roulette is like uh, it's the same principle as the universe. Mm-hmm. And then in that moment with that Getty, he's looking at the sun. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of principles of the universe and the, things the, coming into. Uh, everything coming to fruition. Uh, plan is aligning. Right, know, right, 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 right. Everything coming. Yeah. The w- that, that. The one thing that made me feel kind of like if there's a little double meaning is... Um, in season six, we see a lot. I mean, we see with the Kevin Finity dream in the the lighthouse that's in the dream, and he's kind of staring out onto it, and we yes. don't really get exactly what that means. And then uh, when Carmela is uh, on her France trip, she uh, she's looking at the beacon of light uh, the same exact way, and she you know she gets you know captivated by it. And um, I kind of feel, even though I definitely think that stuff with Christopher is is definitely going on. Because the sun is there, 
you know, kind of the ultimate light in, in a way. Yep. Uh, something to me is kind of tying back to that because uh, the next episode, I believe, starts with Tony going back or Tony's back at the house and he gives Carmela a gift, you know, wh- while he's been cheating on her with yet another um, <laughs> yet another woman. But I think it's kind of, you know, and I get it of they're kind of each other's lights. They're kind of each other's beacons as much as they may kind of want to run away from it at times or uh, at other times they kind of lean into it. Like you said, when he's in the hospital and Carmela's so, you know, taken aback by it and so upset by it. I kind of feel like that's a theme kind of going back and forth, connecting all three of these moments, the Kevin Finity, her in Paris and now uh, him and him in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I think the light, the sun, all that, that that's, that's what I, like, I think. I, yeah. But I, um, I, like I could that. be totally off on that. I like your insight on that. Um, also, just to add a little more onto that, because with the just the light, the white light, you know, you think of black as being death and white as being the light, maybe life. Or sometimes people look at it reverse, like Meadow says with the Robert Frost poem, white also signifies death with, with the snow and whatnot. So, you know, this light could also, you know, signify death in some way. And maybe Tony gets it like, you know, gets his mortal existence on this planet, you know, maybe he, he gets it in some way, he gets gets his position in the universe, you know, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have from uh, Mess in the City. She wanted to know, hear from us about the differences and similarities between him and his kids. We, we uh, that was one we were kind of planning on hitting on. This is a yeah. little bit more, you know, sp- specific. Exactly. I think we we kind of ended up hitting on it with him as a, s- as a father. Yeah, we s- hit on some moments. I mean, yeah, like we had said, he he wasn't letting AJ get into it, so AJ wasn't really going to become like tony although he did try to you know but he, he he's undeniably softer than tony oh yeah i mean yeah he, aj you know that moment he's a different era right you know, <laughs> right and like we like we said that's hey, a big he, part of he it he grew up with mario kart right i mean imagine on. if tony had mario kart uh, yeah different story yeah i mean all together aj was slipping on banana peels <laughs> on a video game and tony was watching grown men get their pinkies <laughs> cut off it's you know it's a whole it's a whole different, different breed ballpark yeah different but, sport altogether. but that's certainly a difference most certainly a difference i would have to say you know meadows intelligence probably doesn't come from him don't don't seem like it comes from him as far as her scholastic maybe the, some I, of the street smarts well, some no, of the way she carries that's, herself that's the thing i think some people kind of you know i think tony does have some moments where he does kind of uh come off as not as not as smart but he does have a lot of like random, like uh, trivial, I guess, type of information. Like he'll he'll he he references a lot of different uh, pop uh, history buff. Like yeah, no, I mean he is yeah, no, he's pretty well uh, well read on history. I think you know to an extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does fuck up some things. I think here and yeah. there, <laughs> uh, you know, the Columbus thing. <laughs> he's a, he's a hero in this house. You know, end of story. But uh, you know. Um, I think uh, he does have some moments where he pulls out some really deep, like, you know, references to certain things that other people maybe wouldn't get. And obviously, too, in being, in, you know, in that era, the modern era of the show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Definitely some uh, differences uh, between him and Meadow, though intellectual wise yeah the charm is there yeah the no, she defin- definitely there which she, we mentioned she uh, and like he says you know she's all him he, he says to it but it, in a 
in a mentality of a personality, not necessarily. I think in the pursuits. operational, yeah. right? Not 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 in her pursuits, not necessarily right from wrong or the way she views the world, but well, maybe so. Well, I, it could be uh, by the end how the way Meadow is, because she's she's definitely molded into something different by the end of the show. She's got a she's she's got quite the dichotomy going on in her, which is more emblematic of Tony than it is of Carmela, even though Carmela has some some of that in her too but it's kind of kind of different right like meadow it's, meadow doesn't have hypocrisy in her she has she, she it's more like she's almost torn towards the end she's she it's, it's she's it's getting slight, into this slight hypocrisy because i think because she's in the lawyer uh the right. case she's working on it's for a uh uh somebody in a Oh, was it fraud? A fraud case? Well, or something for some. Just in general, her going into the law field without turning her back on the family or the crime life at all, still trying to, you know, keep it secretive and kind of defend it. Um, to me, yeah, it's a it's a hypocrisy. But to to me, it's more of being torn than just like a, a blatant. This is good for me in this moment, and it's bad for me in that moment. So I'm going to choose when I'm going to and when I'm not going to. Um, but yeah, I definitely. Some some of that dichotomy stuff you definitely see in Tony, you see, you see in Meadow. I I, th- I think there's a lot more similarities in Meadow than there are uh, in AJ, but I think because the generational differences are so big, um, that's a big part of it for sure. Yeah, and they're pretty close too. I think you know, AJ. I mean, Meadow tries to maybe distance herself, similar in the way that like like I was trying to make that comparison with like Tony and Janice and Meadow and AJ kind of in their sibling kind of rights that, um, you know, uh, I think uh, like Meadow kind of tries to get away from them, same way Janice kind of tried to get away from Livia and mm-hmm. Johnny Boy, you know, same, same right. type of thing. And it's, same, it's funny enough, too, it's uh, when Meadow is really trying to get away to, she's going to UCLA to West Coast, just like Janice went West Coast. Mm-hmm. And she says, is she trying to get away from us? And Tony's like, that's a job. Right. You know, it's very, uh, I think it's there. Yeah. Right. And AJ, that's not in the cards. No. <laughs> not in the cards. Yeah. So, well, like Tony, Tony stuck around. Right. AJ was right. sticking around. You know, right. it's, so, so there's some similarities in the path that they follow, but also some differences in their mentalities when it as far as AJ and Tony. And then there are some similarities in kind of the way Tony and Meadow carry themselves, but Meadow definitely sees things more progressively, more modernly. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah she, but she definitely has his, even, spirit. even AJ it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. You, especially by the very end, which some people like totally disregard AJ by that point, but I right. think it's like, man, that is some of like the most like deep stuff that he says. And that, you know, he does somewhat share. That, I mean, I think Tony Tony also relates to Melfi with uh, relays to Melfi some of that deeper, insightful type of stuff. But um, AJ, like like we say, like on a more progressive kind of like you know, thinking level. You know, why can't we all just get along? You know, mm-hmm. which Tony does say to Melfi as well. He's a you know like Rodney King. Why can't we all just get along? Yeah, and well, you know, kind of why can't we? Kind of wistfulness so to speak yeah the last one that the tony, the tony instead knows it can't be true aj's like deeply hoping for it right AJ, tony's just like but it's not gonna fucking happen right and the last uh comment here that we'll kind of read off and reply to from uh kane dak I believe it is 
He's asking, uh, referring to James Cagney and the other references that were used to create him. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's definitely a good one because James Cagney. Yeah, you don't that. There's um, gonna be and you know kind of like I said in the way that it rely uh, relates to that the the conversation we were just having and the differences with the kids. You know, certainly AJ. That's not a figure that he's looking up to, and that's something you know probably again generationally. It was before, well before Tony's time, but he grew up when that was still prominent there were still people around who were holding those kind of figures james cagney those movies those old school movies and in high regard and you know we we certainly see tony have a lot of lust a lot of wistfulness for for that era right for wishing that you know things could be more like that gary cooper right yeah so these other right other characters yeah gary cooper you also got i mean i guess godfather too i guess those got like uh, Michael Corleone, Vito Corleone. Mm-hmm. I guess those are other characters. Not only that he admires, but I guess that you can say, I mean, if, if I'm understanding his question, I mean, other references used to create, like to used to create Tony's character, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, right? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, another big one, one of my favorites from The Honeymooners, uh, Ralph Cramden, Jackie Glee, played by Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. Throughout season five, there's like multiple references, and Tony B even goes as far to you know he he does his own impression. Right. Tony said, "My cousin doesn't mean Gleason," you know. That's definitely one, you know, and that type of character as well. If you ever watch the Honeymooners, he's very, very Tony-like in his mannerisms, the way, he, also is uh the way he acts towards uh like the way he acts towards Alice towards the wife in the show. Very much the way Tony is towards Carmella, which is very, very loud and just very, you know. But we have the to the moon, Alice, yeah. in the dream when uh, the when, moon, Alice. Yeah. yeah, when when Tony is with uh, right Gloria yeah. slash oh, yeah. Melfi. Yeah, right. That's another. Yeah, it's just Gloria. One of but, the honeymoon yeah. yeah references there. Um, who else? Any other characters? Gary Cooper. Yeah, strong silent type. You know, that's kind of more of the that's something that Tony is an has an ideal of. It doesn't really carry it out. Yeah, uh, and maybe at certain aspects, with certain things, especially maybe towards the earlier on, towards the beginning. Um, you know, we, we, it, interestingly, they kind of even reference it when when um, Carmela says to Tony when they're in that dream, when Tony's looking at the TV. Right. And they're watching the Western, and he says it's just so much more interesting than life. And she says, "What are you talking about? It is your life." That's a uh, Chinatown playing is the movie. There you go. That's the movie. That's there the you movie. go. Yeah, it's in 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 when they go into Vesuvius, then uh, High Noon is playing mm-hmm. Vesuvius with Gary Cooper. Yeah, I I think a lot of it has to do with, to me, I just kind of those again. It was a different time period, so you were mo- a lot. M- you you had a much better chance of living that life successfully and deal and not dealing with the cops and having them maybe under your wing or you know living above the law and um tony does that and he wishes you know something that we hear about in the first episode you know, get into something from the ground floor right and he's he's coming in at the at the opposite end at the end yeah. and i think that's that's also part of it you know kind of a wisp like i said a wistfulness for you know wishing it was kind of still that way right um but some of the emotions that some of those characters had in those westerns, I think, also is one of the reasons why they're used so heavily as references for Tony, because he kind of has a lot of that going on, as we know. Also, that kind of sad cowboy stuff, <laughs> that, that kind of emblematic, sad, sad clown boy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that, 
Well, there we go, folks. There it is. It's all come s- full circle. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I think that's about what we got as far as the Tony episode. I think, yeah. We, I think we covered pretty good ground. Like we said, we certainly plan on... You know, we're going to go we're going to go in and out. We kind of go back to we have some other plans, maybe do a music themed episode, maybe an episode on, uh, uh, you know, really specifically therapy stuff, some stuff on the antagonists, maybe Livia all by herself, maybe Richie all by themselves. Maybe we'll group them together, yada, yada, yada. But we're definitely going to continue breaking down some of these, you know, main characters. We'll definitely get to a lot of a lot of the heavy hitters, if not all of them. Time is on our side. Yes. As as the song says in the Sopranos. What time is it? Yes. N- oh, no. N- it's uh. Oh, oh Lord! I, I see <laughs> now. I'm not gonna let us go until I pick out the song, because I love the song. Uh, uh no. It's is just it don't, time is no. Don't just, stop believing. No, it's just time is on my oh, side. Yeah. Come on yeah. now. <laughs> not that one. The time is on my side. Yeah, by uh, Irma Thomas. So time is on our side. So we got plenty of time <laughs> to break down all these characters for you. Actually, I like that. I think we might have to do that music episode sooner than we thought. Yeah, well, there you go. May- maybe this is uh, the uh, precipice to doing so. Precipice of enormous crossroads. Hello. All right, everybody. Good night. Good night.